0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: got to take it. Got it! Boston
0: wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the
2: Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman Podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything.
1: You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent I didn't think.
2: All right, let's get right to it. Welcome to another episode of the Ryan and Goodman Podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Bob Ryan. And we are joined by the esteemed New York Times uh, NBA writer, Mark Stein, my former colleague uh, at ESPN. Somebody who I feel like knows the NBA better than anybody, other than Bob Ryan, of course.
1: No, no, no. my days. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a historian
2: these days. So. You are a historian. That, that uh, is true. And we'll, 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 find out some of that history. I mean, I,
1: this, you, you know, know I'm, I'm trying to keep up. But, but I, I, we need, I need people. I have to follow people. Of course, I'm a, I'm a subscriber, so I get Mark all the time. no problem.
2: Steinline, follow him at the Steinline uh, on Twitter. Always a good follow. And uh, also a Cal State Fullerton grad, I- I'm sorry. Uh, your Titans uh, are not very good this year, Mark, but uh, there's always hope. There's always hope.
0: If you want to, well, first of all, I really want to hear Bob's stories. I don't want to tell my dumb stories. I'd much rather hear his. But just to give you, to give you one quick, very quick college basketball story for you. Uh, the last time I was at a Fullerton game, they actually took me with them to Poly. And we won at Polly for only the second time. And that was an <laughs> incredible day. A few months before uh, this horrible pandemic shut us all down. But uh, in December of, I want to say December of 19, I actually got to go with the team yeah. on the team bus. That's they, cool. They, they, they treated me like part of the coaching staff and got to be on the bench for, I am 1-0 at Poly Pavilion. Very <laughs> Very good. Very good. I, I have uh,
1: never been to a Titans game, but I have been to the Ant Eaters. So, you know, that, I'm that's, sorry. I, I'm that, not, yeah, not that's, uh, So I'm going to have to put the Titans on my gym bucket list, uh, which stands at 201 right now, though Jeff disputes it.
2: I do. It disputes <laughs> my tally. He, he uses, you know, like, like he uses gyms that he's been to if, if they were like, in a high school tournament or something. I don't No, no all no, sorts no, 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 of no, no, no. Ryan. I don't like it because I include women,
1: junior college. Right. I went to the JUCO tournament one year for the whole Hudson. It's Hutchins illegal.
2: School. It's I, completely I, illegal. You can so only go.
1: Is the ball round? Was is, is it two <laughs> points for a basket and one for a free throw and three points behind the arc? Huh?
0: So so wait. So about? early, early in your career you knew I'm gonna keep count of how many gyms I set foot in.
1: No, some point along the way, maybe 10 or 12 years ago, I, I decided I'd try to do an annotation and I really, you know, work. And, and if anything, it's an
2: undercount, obviously. Yeah, for sure. There's if anything, it's an undercount, not by too much. Don't, I don't forget think. anything. You do not forget any gym you ever stepped into. You could tell me the year, the month, the day, who they played, and probably what the damn final score was. Um, it's incredible, Mark. Like, but we, but we digress. We have a distinguished guest Yes. Here yes. Let, 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 let's get on to what what we what we uh, what we got Mark on for here, and uh, you can kick things off. All
1: right, Mark. It seems to me that there's one overriding, overwhelming interest story in the NBA, and it's the big three. It's the it's the ha- they've been hatched, all right? We've been, we have three samples. What's your observation on what we have? we have seen from the first three games with the big three in Brooklyn. Uh,
0: You know, it's probably gone better than I would, when I thought it would throwing these guys together with, I mean, practice time has never been more scarce than it is now in the NBA. It's impossible to practice. So Kyrie coming back from a long absence and then putting Harden out there offensively, they've been amazing. Obviously the the, the two games against Cleveland defensively disastrous, (laughs) I think they'll look good in the regular season, but I'm, I'm not a believer. I'm, I, I don't like the approach. I don't think it can work long-term. I think it's too much to heap on Nash as a first year coach. Uh, I, I just don't see how three ball dominant guys can work, but I, I think, I think deep down, we know why they did it. I mean, Kyrie has stopped being someone reliable. They've, they've their first season of Durant they didn't even get Durant and I think they felt pressure that we can get James Harden we better grab him even though it's going to cost us control of the next seven drafts get <laughs> Harden hope we can figure it out and hope that Harden convinces Durant to sign another contract I mean I, I, mean, I think those are their big ambitions besides trying to win it all obviously
1: could you have and remotely foreseen that that Harden would be so, de- dare I say, deferential.
0: Yeah, the- and, and he, he deserves credit for that because nobody thought he could. Everybody thought he's played this kind of basketball in Houston for eight years, which I don't even know if – I mean, I don't know if there's ever been an offense so centered around one person in terms of how much he's had the ball and the way they catered to his every whim. And so far, he has gone out of his way to show he can still facilitate, he can still play the way – he did at Oklahoma city. So I think he has definitely surprised the the skeptics,
2: but you, you, know, Steve, you know, Steve Nash better than just about any media person. How does he handle the egos? Cause I've been around Kyrie a lot. He's tough to deal with. He's just tough. He's moody. We've been through it. Bob, listen, I've never heard Bob as negative about any player as he is about Kyrie Irving. And that says a lot. That says a lot. And James Harden is just as um, different in in his own way, right? And KD has changed. Like, those three egos, how is Steve Nash possible? He can't coach this team, can he?
0: Look, I think the ego handling part is probably the part that's the easiest for him. Not to say that it's easy, but he just has that way. He has a personality. You know, as you said, I covered him so much, and I've seen him do it. He's great at bringing people together. I mean, that is a natural skill that he has. And that's really why he has this job. But it's one thing to do it as a point guard and one of the most beloved point guards ever. It's a completely different thing to do it as a coach. and He's learning the coaching profession at the same time. That's the bigger challenge. He's never coached anywhere. And you know, I'm sure Bob could could probably help us form a much more complete list than I could. But in terms of difficult first-year coaching jobs, I mean, this has to be in the conversation for, you know, toughest ever. I mean, because of the expectations, they're expected to win it all. He's never coached a meaningful game. And to have to learn that on the fly while trying to manage these egos, that's where it's, 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 it's a tall order. I
1: lived with an OJT coach. 50 years ago and Tommy Heinsohn and and but this and the circumstances he faced were interesting because he and he was the first coach to have the coach of Celtic team without Bill Russell and Sam Jones and was and and it was a very interesting year you know for his, for his adjustment but this is a whole different you know the world's different the league's different the expert the, the, everything's different
0: I think like the scrutiny I think is just like I you know I'm sure at the time it felt you know, it felt the same, but I just I just think the way the NBA is scrutinized now with the twenty four seven microscope of social media adds a component that I mean that's the thing. Like I said, I, I'd much rather hear your stories than tell mine to imagine what it was like to cover the league then.
1: Oh, but, don't you? you'll weep, you'll weep because the you know the life that we led, the the access that we had, the 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 fraternity of the league it was, it was we're all in this together everybody players coaches re- writers referees trainers I'm oh god I knew all the trainers you know because I was hanging around in those locker rooms that you can't get into now I mean not only I mean pre-COVID yeah. you know forget about COVID yeah but anyway yeah but, but the thing the circumstance I described to you Mark um there were no expectations of greatness everyone knew it was going to be a transition year So, you know, he had a honeymoon there. Tommy did.
0: I have to, I have to get, I would, I would just guess though that, cause I think that's a great comparison that most people wouldn't even cite because they don't remember Tommy Heights in coaching. They only remember Tommy as a broadcaster, but I would have thought the buy-in Tommy had from those players having played there for so long, like, you know, today, these guys, they drop on a coach so quick. I mean, that's the thing. When things start going bad, will Steve Nash have that buy-in from these guys?
1: Yeah. Well, that's it. What, what's coaching uh, success depend on them buying what you're selling. And, and, and you're a your salesperson. You know, I say we're all salespeople, you know, in different ways, you know, to, to, to ne- negotiate the lives that we, you know, as writers that you leave. But coaches have to negotiate. They have to be salespeople to the players, right? I mean, in a sense, and and particularly this NBA, because the, the player entitlement, the, play, the, the background of how, who these guys are and how they got to where they are is so vastly different than what a player, how a player got to where he would be in 1970. You know, the world is totally, their, their adolescent upbringing is completely different.
0: You know? I mean, my, my, my take on it is today, I mean, obviously the most important thing for a coach is your players. No question, your talent. But number two, And it's really 1A is the buy-in factor. X's and O's are such a distant third for the modern NBA coach. You know, I mean, like, you know, Mike D'Antoni is there to lend all his offensive wisdom to Steve Nash, to lend all that expertise and making decisions on the fly as a coach that Steve doesn't have. That's what D'Antoni's there for. You can hire someone to provide that, but the buy-in from stars, you cannot bring in an assistant to help with that. The coach, Either has it or he doesn't. Right,
1: right. Well, uh, I, I from afar I don't know him. Uh, my, I had one post game interview, you know, which I remember too, you know, during my late years and on, on, uh, in the league covering. But uh, my observation was he he's up to the task if anybody is there's something he's special i think he's definitely special no question. He, uh, he is, he is just, marvelous
2: just, around people third-party observation is he like is he like steve kerr mark in, in a lot of ways Are there some similarities you see between Nash? oh and no I, I think they are they are
0: incredibly similar i think you know even the way they speak i didn't notice it until steve kerr became a coach but steve kerr and steve nash are very close and just like even some of the facial mannerisms when Kerr speaks, I see Nash sometimes and it, it's, I, they both have it. And like Nash is the kind of guy, I mean, my, my standout memory and kind of describing the way he is in terms of just being with people. Though um, in, the, in the Phoenix glory years, uh, I remember the, they won a big game in Dallas, a big playoff game. And I went to Nash after a game to get some quotes from him and he pulls me aside and says go talk to marion i'm like okay well he's like he's like, he's like he, he he's he read the he saw everything that was going on in the room at the minute and and he was worried that nobody was like gassing up marion for playing well he's like go talk to marion and you know ask him a bunch of questions about how great he played like that was he would just see stuff like that 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 a feel you know, for people a yeah feel he, for people. he has it there's no question he has it.
1: So I'm just, this just thought just popped into my head, and if it's totally and completely out of you know, say, hey, Bob has nothing to do with anything. What about him being a Canadian has to do with the way he is related to everybody?
0: Yeah, you know, I I mean, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, he he is, you know, I he he was he's he's Canadian, but also he was raised. His parents are English. I mean, so I guess he just just he, he born in South Africa. It, he, yeah, his his, his, his um. His dad, yeah, he was born in South Africa because his dad played soccer yeah. was playing professionally in South Africa at the time. Yeah. I, mean, um, I mean, I think I, th- I he, think he he probably would say it makes him tougher because I think he has that hockey mentality. You know, like the, he did grow up playing hockey. He's one. He's that's the other thing about him. He is one of those guys who's so good at everything, every sport. When he, he I mean, he plays soccer. He looks like. He could have played professional soccer. I saw him play in a charity baseball game. Dirk, Mike Madonna for years had a charity baseball game in Dallas and Dirk adopted it and and he convinced Nash to play in this game one year and Nash turned to double play. (laughs) He played second base, hadn't played baseball in, you know, 30 years. And he looked like a professional second baseman turning the double play. He's just one of those guys. It's, it's, It's annoying.
1: Ain't just one of those guys. You know that.
0: Oh, yeah. They, they, they're tight, you know. You know, from their their time together in Phoenix, I think they but, hit it off too for a lot of the same same reasons.
1: But anyway, it's it's a, 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 a unique, almost a unique circumstance of, of of throwing a first year coach into this, and uh, I uh, it, it it's going to be they're going to be a story all year, aren't they? I mean, we're going to be watching. I know, I know. I'm looking at that box score. I'm looking for that box score every morning now. I am. I just. And by the way, for people who don't know, I made allusion to. I just want so people understand what we're talking about with Harden. So far in the first three games together, here's the shot attempts total: Durant sixty-five, Irving sixty-two, Harden thirty-two.
2: Wow, wow. Well, he's proven a point too. I mean, I mean let's it. No, no, yeah, no question. No question. Is he,
1: my question then is: he showing off to a degree? The, you know, I mean, it, you you, you smart. motivation. Very smart. You can't help it. They wondering what is what is this game plan here? You know exactly. Is it just a team oriented thing, or is he just trying to show the world? So you know, don't that's not going through your
2: mind? Well, all right, James, what's the deal? <laughs> you may be overdoing this a little bit.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, just... but
2: it's 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 regular season, Bob. That's part oh, of it God. right now. The key is going to be how are the 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 shots distributed when it matters right like this doesn't matter whatever seed they get mark does it really matter that much i mean you want to avoid milwaukee i guess but are the bucks that overpowering this year that you have to avoid them if you're brooklyn like if you're playing at the top of your game and you're brooklyn do you fear anybody in the east
0: i think they have to have the you know the this as Greg Popovich calls it the so-called appropriate fear because of their defensive shortcomings because of the depth issues I think they you know maybe I mean they're never going to admit it I mean you know the way these these are all mega stars so I'm sure they they don't if they have any fear they're not going to show it to us but uh, you know this there are so many questions about this team still but yeah I, th- I think they are going to be the team that we you know that inspires the most curiosity because it just three ball dominant guys like this, I just don't know that we've ever seen it.
1: Is Joe Harris a perfect compliment? Or yeah, least, I mean, he's,
0: he's, I think he's probably the one guy you don't need to worry about. I mean, he's, you know, he's he he fits in seamlessly at, with, with, I mean, he would fit in seamlessly anywhere with the game he plays. But can they, I mean, are they going to be able to play playoff defense? Yeah, that's probably. Are, are, can, can these guys, can the minutes these guys are playing can they keep it up? I mean, Durant uh, is already looks like the best comeback from an Achilles ever. Like he's already clinched that in, you know, less than 20 games, but they're playing him way more than they want to. And I think they know
2: that. So give, give me your biggest disappointment so far mark as a team for me it's probably like you can't you can't really include Miami because Jimmy Butler's barely played so like to me I'd throw that one out the window I know they've been bad to me it's New Orleans like five and ten mark like this team isn't I, I love what Griff did early I did I loved it I was like and now I look at it and I'm like the pieces don't fit you can't have Lonzo Zion and Steven Adams all playing minutes on the same team None of them can really shoot the ball from the perimeter and you're not playing JJ enough. I think a lot of people would nominate new Orleans for that. Um,
0: I don't not try to make myself sound super smart here, but I don't, I I'm not terribly surprised. I think it's always hard to pull that off with the, we're going to, we're going to stockpile draft picks and we're really building for the future. But yeah, we also want to stay competitive too and kind of make a run for the seventh or eighth seed. That's always harder to do um Stan Van Gundy though he is the kind of guy that you you know you think he's gonna he's gonna keep he's this is gonna be a 500 team at the worst Stan will get them organized he'll get them to max out but you know they're doing it in such what is so what is now considered such an untraditional way when you have Zion and Steven Adams you know going super big when everybody is going the other way um Lonzo Ball has just not I mean he he's he's not come anywhere close to what shocks me Mark what
2: what they thought he he it has shocked me I thought he'd be way better I did I thought he'd be way better than he is so I mean the good news for them is again that they
0: have all these picks to you know what they really do this year doesn't matter so much and they've got such a good future because of all the draft capital that they've built up but uh yeah, I mean, I, I think most people would say that that's that that's the team.
2: Are we ready for some football? Huge games coming up. Obviously, you've got Tom Brady and the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there's only one place that has you covered, and one place we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code Seal and it's fifty for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Uh, great, great. They got everything on there. Every prop you want. No matter what you want, they got college hoops. Gonzaga, the heavy favorite there, uh, obviously to win the title uh, for futures. Baylor, not far behind. Iowa as well. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Sealness50 to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: I'm telling you, I'm going to go parochial on you for uh, for a moment. Uh, Jeff and I have discussed uh, at length Jalen Brown and his development. And, and uh, uh, is, is this being noticed outside the, our little uh, 128 area? Yeah,
0: no question. No, he's, I mean, he, he's, he's an all-star for sure the way he's playing. And it came up so much because the Celtics were kind of mentioned as this team on the periphery in the hardened sweepstakes. And I think you guys know Danny better than I do, you know, they're not going to advertise it, but he's a player like Harden's available. He is going to go all the way to the line and look at it and ask himself, is this is, a, is this a guy we should go after? And I think they did. I think they were in it till the end, you know, however we want to define in it. But you're obviously not trading Tatum. And I think Brown is the same way. I think Jalen Brown has elevated himself to the point that if you're the Celtics, you do not trade Tatum. Jalen Brown, who is developing on this amazing curve, for a question mark in James Harden, when you don't know how willing he would be to be in Boston and how he would embrace that situation. So, I, I mean, it it's been a huge boost to the Celtics to to see what he's become. I mean, it, you know, if not, I mean they they have a lot of question marks, but they have two undeniably sensational
2: cornerstone players. If- If Kemba, Mark, if Kemba gets back to close to 100%, do you feel like the Celtics can come out of the East?
0: Yeah, you know, to me, the East is still a grab bag. I mean, there are, you know, Indiana's, it's funny because coming into the season, my take was that the East is still, you know, way behind the West in terms of depth, but at least the top six of the East is going to be fascinating. And I was leaving out, indiana who who still belong in that group toronto has has had a real uneven start so you know they've got to kind of prove that they're still part of that mix but i mean nobody's running away with the east and depending on how the matchups go depending on how these develop in these teams develop in an absolutely bizarre season you know i wouldn't pick the celtics right now but i, I certainly wouldn't rule it out i mean I, I you know i would still be i still think you know brooklyn milwaukee and philly are the top three but nobody's running away with the with the east right now
1: mark the celtics became the latest team this year the other night uh, to score 140 we've had games where teams have scored 140 uh to each of them without overtimes uh the scoring is up in a, in a you know just an amazing way okay what the joking theory is nobody wants to guard anybody because of covid you know but uh, seriously, is there any discussion or buzz around the league about, about this? Or what what is exactly going on? Are people just saying, screw defense? What
0: What is going well, on? Well, I think I think one of the other stats that's making the rounds is, you know, half the teams in the league now, 40% of their shots are from three. And so there are a lot of people turned off by that. I'm, yeah, I, I was, I was baiting you.
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> I, not, I, hey, you can bait them a whole lot easier <laughs> than that.
0: <laughs> I, uh, it doesn't bother me. I, I love distance shooting and I love shot baking, but yeah, I mean, the question is posed all the time. Our team's taking too many threes is the way that the game has evolved to basically all threes and layups. You know, you know, I certainly don't miss nineties basketball and, and maybe even early. I mean, I, the, the, was it the, Oh, four final. Oh. What was the year San Antonio beat Detroit? Was that five? That was 04. 04. Oh, 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 04 Pistons beat the Lakers. It was, it, it was 05. Okay. That seven games of just absolute slog. Just like, I don't miss that. You know? I hated it too, but yeah, there's
1: a the middle ground. I hated that. I decried it. I screamed about it. I wrote about it endlessly. I, I tracked the beginning and, and, and who the culprits were Jerry Sloan, uh, Larry Brown, of all people, taking fewer than 80 shots a game. When, you know, and, and that, that, that's a stat people don't talk about that I used to pay attention to. All right, I didn't want that either. But now we have this, um, so, no, but I, it's not all of just about the three, though, I don't think. I just knew it
0: must be pace of game is better. Well, there's, there's more, I mean, there's more possessions in games. I mean, I think this is the third year in a row where um, teams have topped that 100 possession a game mark. So, I mean, that, that's a thing. It's funny that the seven seconds or less suns they were seen as this revolutionary team. You know, pace-wise, they'd be bottom third now with <laughs> in terms of possessions a game. So that, I mean, that that definitely is it. I mean, there's just so many more you know, teams have the ball more than they did. And, they, you know, they're getting shots up so much faster.
1: But I mean, believe me, don't, don't get me wrong. I like offense. And I screamed about that, that the way the league had deteriorated. I called it the ice age. You go look it up. It's, it's You can see how the, the deterioration of shot attempts. And I, I used to say it was about, frady Cat coaches who were happier when they didn't have the ball than when they did. And and you know, and then that that was awful. I mean, we to hug, just go back, you're talking about the the, the old 0405. The the Knicks in the Rocket series were yeah. all those Knicks and the Miami, they were they were sludges. They were, you know, they were oh it was awful stuff. I mean, I'm happier, but I like a middle ground. I here's what drives me crazy: guy drives in, he's two feet from the basket. He turns around and throws it back out for the free <laughs> now you know yeah F goes in that's a nice play, but you know oh i, I my, my head explodes every time I see that or and big guys who, who typically when it's a big guy that gets a ball I've seen it they get a, the ball low and then they throw it right back I don't even think about taking a two foot jump hook that's all, all i right, i i'm off I'm off the
2: soapbox now all right hey mark you've you've covered some really good players in your career um where does luca? and I know you haven't been around him as much, obviously no nobody has over the last, you know, you're in the bubble, but it's not the same. You're not around him like you would be around him if we didn't have the pandemic, but just what is he like to be around? What is he like to watch compared to some of the other stars that you have been around in the past, Even even on a I'm not even at like like some of the stars that you've seen occasionally come through or, or cover in, in a playoff series. Describe Luka to us. It's super fun to watch him. And I
0: think for me, just probably my favorite thing in the game is passing and just, he's such a great passer and an entertaining passer. You know, obviously I, I didn't get to even really, you know, I, I've seen clips, but I never was around a Maravich but, you know, he, he, he is a showman and an entertainer. And look, he's, you know, he, there's things he's got to work on. I mean, fourth quarter shot selection is, is an area that he needs to improve. You know, I, I think he gets engaged with the refs, you know, probably more than the, than the Mavs would like him to. But look, you know me, because of covering Dirk for so long and because of my, you know, all my ties, to Israel and you know the first the first NBA the story that kind of got me in the NBA was covering Vlade Divac when the Lakers drafted him I was still in college but my first kind of NBA break was being able to cover summer league in 1989 I think Bob would back me up in those days you know the beat writers didn't cover summer league summer league was not the institution it is today so I'm working at the Orange County Register the you know, the Lakers writer, Don Greenberg, who, who Bob will remember, Earl oh, Bloom. Yeah. You know, these guys, the, they would go to June every year because the Lakers were in the finals every year. These guys didn't want to go to Summer League. So right. Summer League was up for grabs. And, and in 1989, Robin Romano was an assistant editor and, and someone with Boston Ties, who I, I also think Bob knows. And oh. I begged her all year long, please let me cover Summer League, please. I, I mean, I, I annoyed her so much and she did. 1989 summer league so not only was Vlade Divac there David Robinson was there for the Spurs it was the summer that all the European players came over Alexander Volkov was there and so I was 20 years old and I got to do this summer league I actually knew Vlade's game because on trips to Israel to see family I would get to see games of him playing for the the when Yugoslavia was still a unified national team and that was I always say the best team nobody ever saw because the, that that so my my love affair with european basketball goes back that far all the way to I, the to the 80s i got to
1: jump i got to jump in right here <laughs> no oh this is so this is like you got my pulse racing i have maintained for the last 30 years or about 12 20 that it's conceivable that the yugoslavian team together with with Divas, and 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 Rajda and 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 uh, of course Petrovic and, and all of them uh, uh, Paspal. If they played the dream team in a best of seven, okay, that, that the dream team that in game three in Belgrade or in uh, or uh, you know game three in Belgrade with the home court little yeah. home cooking weapon, they could have won a game, for sure, at least a
0: game. The people I honestly, have no idea what that talk about home court advantage i mean that place is insane you're yeah i mean that team was unreal drajan was unreal i mean they were they you're right i mean they they it would it was the one it was a you know kind of one of the great what ifs of the sport that will will never know they um, couldn't win the series but they could make those they would have made it a series they would have they made those played.
1: guys play that they could have played with them and and uh, anyway, that, that would have been that would have been but
0: so so I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is having followed European basketball since then, and not not like as closely as I follow the NBA, but having 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 followed European basketball that long, even with all of that, when when Luca came from Real Madrid, I didn't I knew he was great. I thought he should have been the number one pick, but I I can't sit here and say I think this guy's going to come right in and be the NBA player he is. I mean, he is still after being EuroLeague MVP, he is still exceeded expectations he's still played at a higher level that than than people thought i mean the, the guys are walking triple double and and to do he was doing that last year in year two i mean he he's so far ahead of where i think even the most optimistic projections were
1: this is the ultimate the classic playing checkers a chess while the others are playing checkers guy yeah, he sees this game he sees things in advance very you know of course i'm going to always come back to you know who very bird-like in that regard. Now you know, and and I mean, Larry didn't handle the ball as much as as, as other people because he was a pure forward. But but you know, see what I'm saying? Um, he, th- th- he's got the element in this game. Oh, I, I I gushed about Vondrich in a, in a tweet that that people you know just crucified me for. I said he takes my breath away. I probably should have phrased it a little better last. But but boy, is he fun to watch!
0: You're you're actually the perfect person to ask this question because I've wondered this: Would Larry? if Larry were playing in today's NBA is this how he would have played is luka uh, he would have had the, wouldn't he have had the ball in his hands much more than he did
1: um yeah yeah i, I think they would have they probably would have done that but i mean i, I don't know if he would have been real comfortable with that might well you know he 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 was but he, he could adjust to anything the thing that i think most about larry playing in today's game is instead of taking two or three three-pointers a game like you know he'd be doing what everybody else would be doing be taking seven or eight or whatever the hell or more you know and 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 he was the original three-point uh, King, as we well know, literally three years in a row he won the three point contest. I mean, would he
0: would he be better as a big one or a small five? I mean, he could do both, obviously. I mean, that's yeah, he, he uh, probably
1: probably big one, but uh, you know, but it's just he's just he was just a player, he got a great a great player. But I always say, think about Larry, I and mean, when you talk about the great passers, and, and of course, I always say the two best passing forwards, LeBron and him. Uh, but Larry got more done with the with fewer touches than any player, any great player ever. That I can assure you more done with fewer touches, you know, with, with you know, he, he, he didn't have, he, he yeah. wasn't handling the ball all the time the way obviously magic was a point guard, uh, hardened, you know, dribble, dribble, you know, all that. but that's that was not his game. And he still would rack up these assist totals because of the anticipation and, and vision and, you know, touch passes and over the head passes. And, oh, and, you know, he's the master of the entry pass. Cause there's no entry pass now who who, who posts up, you know, but anyway, we I digress again.
2: <laughs> By the way, Bob, uh, Luca got his thirty-first uh, triple double last night. Do you know who he tri- Who he tied on the all-time uh, triple-double list? Tell me, John Havlicek, thirteen. John
1: had they. I'm surprised they even had the annotation of how many John had because of those days that you know some so much is lost. Uh, that's good. Well, I knew he was doing stuff like that when you know when I covered him, but we didn't have a phrase for it you know, no one could, the phrase was coined to the best of my recollection by Bruce uh, Jalich, who was then the Laker PR guy and, and came up with this idea of calling a game in which you had triple double figures in those three categories, a triple double. And uh, anyway, so, you know, th- I'm glad. Thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that. No problem.
2: <laughs> hey, Mark, how, how worried are you? I mean, does it even matter? Like there's been what, 22 games postponed already. Um, uh, mm-hmm or what about a month into the season overall now, like, is that fine? Like in college, you know, there's, I don't know, on a Saturday, there's like 10 games postponed every Saturday, but there's so much inventory. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So life goes on. And I actually talked to Dan Gavitt yesterday from the NCAA and, uh, and I asked them his confidence level of getting, you know, start to finish for the NCAA tournament, even though they're not bubbling up and, He said, it's, it's high. And I said, well, what happens if a player like a Gonzaga player tests positive in the middle of the tournament? He said, well, we're not pausing the tournament. Like tournament's not something you can pause. So, so life goes on. And that's kind of the way it's been in the NBA. I mean, you know, Jason Tatum was out Hmm. a couple weeks. The Memphis Grizzlies have missed a bunch of games. Wizards, do you see anything changing or are they just going to, Hey, just let's march on unless, unless you have like, you know, 10 teams that can't play at a time. I think it's just the the
0: problem with trying to answer that now is we don't know where we're going to be in May. How widely distributed will the, will the vaccine be in May? I think the league feels like in May, if the vaccine is widely distributed by that point that they can, you know, stage the playoffs with less can you know a lot they better be able to stage it with a lot less concern they have right now because it you know it is 22 postponements as we record this and it's been you know nearly one a day for the last two plus weeks and you know are they going to try to make all those games up are they going to have to cut the schedule shorter than the 72 games it is now because you're just not going to have time to make up all the games you want to make up and I, look if it if we're in this if if this if this climate is not much better than it is now, they're going to have to consider a bubble for the playoffs. Because you know, we talked so much last year. Is it an asterisk season because of the bubble? You're really going to be straying into asterisk territory if in the playoffs, you know, star X suddenly is out for ten day, ten to fourteen days. I mean, that's just that's never happened. And so, you know, I think there are people who who kind of are thinking of that in the back of their mind in the playoffs, are they going to have to reconsider a, maybe not for all four rounds, but for some of it, are you going to have to go back to a bubble to ensure the integrity of the playoff?
1: I want to ask you about your, uh, your hometown team. I mean, your current hometown team and, and, uh, uh, and Tibbs and, you know, what's your, your take on the early returns of, of, of this marriage in New York, Knicks and Tom Thibodeau.
0: I mean, it's gone better. I think than people anticipated because it's not a Tibbs roster. I mean, we know Tibbs wants veteran guys and a team that can, you know, is is ready made to compete for the playoffs and the Knicks are, are obviously rebuilding. And I think there was a lot of skepticism about, you know, is Tibbs really the right guy to coach a team that's essentially starting over, but he, but he has organized them in the way they, you know, he's, He's definitely put an imprint on that team. And I think he's getting them to max out. I mean, I don't think anyone had any illusions of grandeur that this was going to be, you know, a a team that could do anything this season. Um, But, you know, all the questions to me with the Knicks are this front office, you know, Leon Rose has still not addressed the media. I mean, uh, you you know, he'll do an MSG sit down or issue the odd press release, but, I mean, New York, where you know GMs and coaches sparring with the with the press mm-hmm. is a sport unto itself since I was a kid, and now you have a Knicks GM who who never talks. Um, but beyond that, I mean, you know, that's not the most important thing in the world. He Leon was obviously as an accompl, as accomplished as you could get as an agent, but he's never done this job. Can he build a contending team? I mean. You know, I think there's still a lot for that group to prove Um, beyond, you know, Tibbs. Tibbs, we know Tibbs is very organized. He's great at his job. He's going to, he's going to, you're going to feel his presence immediately. And I think that's all true. But, you know, there, there's so many roster questions that this team still needs to answer.
1: One thing that looks like a positive that uh, Emmanuel quickly has attracted a great deal of attention.
0: He's he's beloved already by Knicks fans. I don't think there's any question about that. But look, I don't want to. I don't want to. So
2: was Kevin Knox a few years ago?
0: <laughs> well, that's because exactly, I don't. I think it's a little bit too early to to second guess picks. And you know, Jeff Goodman forgot more about the NBA draft than I ever knew. But before that draft, there was a lot of Halliburton buzz to the Knicks, mm-hmm. and they didn't take Halliburton, who's been sensational with Sacramento. So I, I, I you know, I already wonder. You know, is the pressure going to mount quickly on Ob Toppin not being Halliburton?
2: I have no confidence, zero <laughs> confidence that the New York Knicks management will 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 get the Knicks to be competitive again. Zero with Leon Rose and World Wide West. That's me. I just when's the last time James Dolan made it made a smart move with anybody he he hired? The that's track awesome. record that that's all said. Like unless they get. Devin Booker, like their whole roster is CAA guys and they're not good ones or Kentucky alumnus, right? Alumni. Yes. I mean, it's crazy to me. Like, I don't know the whole World Wide West thing. Just, it, it makes me laugh. I mean, even here, here's an inside baseball one, but like, so they draft OB Toppin. And then the next thing, part of the deal is that Kentucky takes OB Toppin's brother, Jacob as a <laughs> transfer from Rhode Island. So like they're working deals cross <laughs> sports, <laughs> cross levels. I mean, it's it, again. I like Julius Randle. I'm glad he's playing well, but he can't be your number one guy on a on a playoff team. Like no, and they look and they know, they that. know they're that. that they're realistic about this yeah. roster. But you know
0: that's where that's when we judge this thing. You know, Tom Thibodeau is going to bring a level of gravitas and. Professionals. Coaching, yep, and coaching, coaching, yeah, coaching nows to the deal. Right. And it's going to be you know, it's gonna be a well-run NBA team, but they've got to upgrade the roster, and that's not on Tom Thibodeau.
2: Mark, they, they should they should have traded Mitchell Robinson after the last year because he had value. And to me, the more the more people see it's empty numbers. It's empty numbers. Somebody's got to put up numbers on shitty teams. And like Mitchell Robinson's fine. And he, he's now being tutored by Nerlens Noel like what are we doing here what what are we doing? I mean it's just again, poor decision after poor decision from Leon Rose and worldwide west and and the problem is they're winning too many games right now <laughs> they are they're winning too many games they need to suck this year because this year's draft is loaded at the top like if you can get in the top three, maybe even five of this year's draft, you got a chance to get, I'm not going to say an all-star, but like a guy that's got that type of potential.
0: Well, they definitely hired the wrong coach then if that's the strategy. It is. Because uh, they, yes. they will not
2: – Tom Thibodeau teams will not be laying down and losing games.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. Well, listen, we, we we know you've got plenty on your plate uh, today. Um, the one-year anniversary of, of Kobe was yesterday? That's today, 26th. It is today. It is today. today. It is, today. today. is it – we'll, we'll, we'll kind of let you go on this. I mean, it seems like I was down at my, I surprised my parents last year. They were in Florida and surprised them and was down in Florida, uh, just hanging out with them for a couple of days, stole a couple of days during the college basketball season um, when, when it happened. And it seems like years ago now, it seems like absolutely does not seem like a year ago. It seems like more than that.
1: Well, it's pre, It's pre COVID. And that just has just changed our entire feel for everything in life, you know?
2: where where were you mark
0: i was actually home and my youngest son i actually had just finished pinch coaching his uh he was on a club soccer team and they had an indoor game and i stepped in for the coach that morning so i had just coached him my wife was the team manager and and so came home and got that news and uh you know, I will, I will never forget that feeling. And, and like, a lot of, like a lot of people, I think all around the league, people, you, know, you still can't believe it. A year later, it still just does not compute. It has not sunk in. I mean, this guy was such a mammoth presence. I was a Laker beat writer when they drafted him. And that's the thing, you know, he was 17 when the Lakers drafted him. And that, so the young Kobe is what, what always sticks with me most. um having been there when he just got there and you know I was I was I was 24 when I started covering the league I was only 27 so Kobe was the first player I ever covered in the NBA that I was actually 10 years older than I mean he (laughs) really was such a kid and just to think that there were three teenage girls on that on that helicopter and and that's the that's the part that I just I, I can't I can't shake that I can't
2: was there a Kobe story before we let you go? Was there one? I'm sure you've written about it, but, but to hear you talk about was there one moment that you'll always remember? I mean, as a player,
0: from his very first press conference, from his very first summer league game, there has never been someone mo- more confident and more certain that he was going to be an all-time great. Than than Kobe Bryant. i from age from age 17. He believed he was destined to be, you know, every ounce the the player that that he became. I mean, selfishly speaking, what was huge for me. I actually got. I, I so I was the Laker beat writer for the LA Daily News, and I the first the Kobe's first season was also Shaq's first season. By the end of that regular season, I got the job offer to go to Dallas to, to, to the morning news. And in those days, the Dallas morning news was just a titanic newspaper. I mean, it was massive the way they covered sports. You know, um, Dave Smith, the editor, actually yes. came from the Boston Globe. So Bob knows him well. I mean, yes. the, you know, the, the morning news was just on Sundays, They their sports section would be two or three separate sections. I mean, they just... They, I had to take the job and everybody, everybody with the Lakers thought I was nuts. They're like, you are leaving the Laker beat to cover the Dallas Mavericks who at the time were the NBA laughingstock. And I said, no, I'm leaving the LA daily news to go to the Lakers of newspapers. That's how good (laughs) Dallas morning news was. But just having covered Kobe, those first nine months of his career, I, I actually left and had to take the job before the playoffs even started. Before, you know, so April 97, I, I go to Dallas. But from that first nine months, Kobe never forgot that I was there from the beginning. And he always made time for me when I, in the next 20 odd years, you know, he, and and so for me, I, I always greatly appreciated that, that just having been, I was there enough at the beginning that he remembered that. And, and, you know, when he would come to Dallas. I would always get, you know, a few one-on-one minutes with him, which, you know, now doesn't even... is. Now is impo- it was hard to make it happen. Then it's it's near impossible. Near impossible now. No, you know I still you know I marvel whenever I see Bob and I think of the, the Paul Westfall finals story. You know I don't know I don't
2: know if any of us will ever be topping that one. Well, we yeah. we appreciate you coming on. Um, the final question, and and, it, and it's a one word question. The last name of the greatest Cal State Fullerton basketball player in Titans history is who? Is who and don't give me a long. I just want one one name. Come on. Wood Sabalos. Wood Sabalos. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. Well,
0: you can because as a collegian, Leon Wood was 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 the best. Sabalos. But as an was an NBA, but said had a better NBA career. So how do you how
2: do you? How Bob do you Brown split, had the best overseas career. How so. do you how do you split that? There you go. Thanks for joining us, Mark. We appreciate it, man. Be good and uh, try to enjoy a little bit of time off this week if you can. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Take care, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it.